nerds and welcome to a new episode. It is finally the spooky season, but let's start with something happy and queer before I get into something a little bit more gruesome in the next one. I already mentioned in another episode that I'm gonna try to upload two episodes per month. I'm not gonna be able to do this every month, but I'm gonna try my best. We'll see. And now, before I get into this, I promised to mention my dear best friend Manu. There you go. I hope that you're happy with being mentioned in a queer episode, my dear. Anyway, I'm gonna start with Afterlove by Tanya Bjorn. The cover is absolutely gorgeous and promises you a cute love story. And it gives you an incredibly adorable one. It starts out with a school trip where Ash meets Poppy. Both from different schools and neither school likes the other one. But for some reason Ash and Poppy hit it off pretty well and even exchange phone numbers. Ash's best friend is kind of worried since there have been girls in the past and it never ended well. Despite those worries, Ash decides to go on a date with Poppy and they get along very well. They talk about a lot of stuff and even decide to go on a second one. And another one. It's a start of a very, very sweet relationship. That is, until one fateful day. Ash meets up with Poppy on New Year's, but her mom calls her and she has to get home earlier. On her way home, she's supposed to pick up something from pharmacy, and that's when heartbreak happens. A car crashes into her, and she's immediately dead. But she wakes up again, not as a vampire or a zombie, even though that would have been really cool and certainly a plot twist. None of that happens, and she wakes up as a ghost. And she is surrounded by three strangers who tell her that she died. A weird thing to be told when you just wake up. Although, when I have to go to work, I sometimes would rather wake up as a ghost, or just not wake up at all, to be honest. Of course, she doesn't believe that she died first, but then they show her and give her proof that she is indeed dead. She watches her own funeral. Nice. That just put the fun in funeral, definitely. After she gets used to being dead, she joins this clan of girl reapers who take souls of the dead to await their fate. As a reaper, you aren't really invisible, but people forget they saw you. You're still not supposed to be seen by anyone who knows you. Which is hard for Ash, for she can't forget Poppy. She'd do anything to see her again. No matter what. I love this story a lot, it was really fun to read, although I have to admit that I did find the middle part a little bit slow, but I still finished it and it was worth it. I really loved it, especially the beginning. The beginning was... it was really nice. And next I'm gonna talk about She Gets the Girl by Rachel Lippincott and Alison Derrick. First of all, the cover. It's so pretty! It has flowers! With a cover like this, surely the story will also be a fantastic one. 
I was not disappointed. I read it within a few hours and fell in love with it immediately. It's so good! Molly Parker has had a crush on this girl Cora for four years already. The only problem is that she does not know how to talk to humans, much less girls, even less girls she has a crush on. But now she's going to college and coincidentally her crush is gonna go to the same one. And Molly, Molly is determined to change things. She's gonna go to that college and she's gonna talk to people. She's gonna swoop Cora off her feet, get married to her and adopt 5.5 cats. Easier said than done. Unfortunately, a college, or in general, life, doesn't come with a manual on how to talk to people. That would have been certainly handy and nice, but... Well, no. You're just sent into this world and at some point have to fend for yourself. And that is the fun part of being an adult. I hate it. But she's not completely helpless for long. For enter Alex Blackwood. Not only does this girl have a cool name, she's also, as the kids say, cool with the other people. She's the opposite of Molly. She knows how to talk to people. She knows how to get the girl. Guess we know now where the title comes from. But she doesn't know how to keep the girl. Very sad. Anyway, right before going to this aforementioned college, Alex has a fight with a girlfriend. Her girlfriend feels like Alex is not ready for commitment and can't talk to all the girls without flirting and opening up is impossible for her. Alex wants to change that and after she finds out that Molly has a crush on Cora, she is set on helping her out and by that proving that she is ready for commitment and that she can make friends without flirting. Easier said than done. What if they fall for each other instead? The plot thickens and it is absolutely wonderful to read. It's seriously so beautifully written and the characters so fun getting to know them. It's written out of both perspectives and it just feels like completely different people. Molly's chapters feel completely different to Alex's and I loved it. It's so much fun to read. It's it just it's one of the best lesbian romances I've read this year. My absolute favorite. Seriously, it's it's just it's so beautiful. It makes it's it makes me happy. It's it's so good. To get in the mood for the spooky season, the next book is gonna be Supernatural with werewolves. It is Wolf Song by T.J. Clune, a wonderful author. And I'm just amazed by his writing whenever I read one of his books. I've wanted to get Wolfsong for a while and I'm so glad that it took me so long to buy it. The new cover is just so incredibly gorgeous. Just You need to look at it. It's so beautiful. <laughs> so bloody beautiful. I want to rip my face off. 
Anyway, the book was very good. It starts with Ox when he was 12 years old. His father has always told him that he wasn't worth anything and he, that he was just stupid, like an ox. And then he left, and now Ox lived with his mother alone. They were definitely better off without him. They did have trouble with money, but luckily the shop owner Gordo, who has known the family for a while, helps them out and becomes something like a father figure to him. And Ox even starts working there after a while. Soon after this happens, the Bennett family moves next door. Ox meets the youngest of the family, Joe, who immediately introduces him to his family. Apparently, before this day, Joe hasn't talked to anyone and has been quiet for years, due to something that happened to him. Over the years, their friendship grew and Ox became a part of the family. But there's something about the family that doesn't add up and slowly Ox is drawn into a world of magic and mysteries. As I've already mentioned, the writing was fantastic and it was impossible to put down. It felt like walking through a magical forest with some danger and heartbreak hidden in the bushes. This book, like his books Under the Whispering Door and The House in the Cerulean Sea, have the found family trope which I just love with every fiber of my being. It did break my heart during some parts, but the ending was perfect and my heart could heal immediately. And I can't wait to get the rest of this series once the other books also come out with such a beautiful cover. I don't really like the first covers of the series that much, sorry. The next book I wanted to talk about is a book that was recommended to me by two people. One of them, my dear best friend, Manu, who is amazing and a prat. I promised to mention him. Now I'm just gonna mention him again. Anyway, he better listen to those episodes. <laughs> anyway, All That's Left in the World by Eric Brown. You know, my best friend and I were at an art fair recently and we had to go there by train and then walk 20 more minutes. The walk to this art fair had the same post-apocalyptic vibes as this book. When we first stepped off the bus, There were really old cars and it felt like we accidentally time-traveled. There were no people, no moving cars, nothing. We walked past houses that, that were already falling apart and there was even a stairway down to a basement. We could look into this basement. Someone definitely was killed at some point down there. That was, or is, probably the home of a serial killer. Nice. We really felt like we were in a zombie apocalypse. Some of the last people left alive on their way to an art fair. As you do. It was quite adventurous and a lot of fun. Luckily we weren't in America, otherwise we probably would now be either eaten by a local cannibal or we would already be buried somewhere. We also speculated whether that art fair was even real, or just a spot for serial killers to pick up their new victims. <laughs> But it was actually an art fair and we both got a lot of really good stuff. 
It was one of the best days I've ever had. It was a little fun. Anyway, the book. All that's left in the world. It starts with Andrew, who steps in a bear trap, as you do, and with thoughts on how he's gonna survive this, he stumbles upon a house. On a cabin, more like a cabin, and walks in there, where he is immediately met by a gun, held by a boy his age. The name of this boy? Jamie. Jamie, being the kind person he is, doesn't shoot him, but takes care of Andrew's injury. Luckily, his mum used to work in a hospital and was therefore able to teach him about injuries and all this hospital stuff. In this world, a deadly pathogen has killed off most of the world's population and now almost everyone is on their own. These two slowly start trusting each other after a few weeks and to add something to the plot, some entitled people bring danger to the shelter and they have to flee. They might not be zombies, but humans can be as dangerous in those conditions and they do meet some of those and get in some dire situations. Throughout all of this, they stick together and get closer. Now they only need to tell the truth to each other in order to survive this journey. It's a really beautiful story and a lot of fun to read. It almost made me cry, but the ending is it's really nice, it's beautiful, it's perfect, and they deserve it. They just deserve to be happy. I just I just want them to be happy and they they get a good ending. Luckily, otherwise I would probably still cry. Anyway, I just oh, I just realized that I'm gonna have that I'm gonna go go to my parents' place for two weeks tomorrow and I still haven't packed. Whoops! Anyway! That's it with this episode. I hope you liked it, I hope you enjoyed it, and then goodbye. Actually, I was gonna say goodbye until next month, but I'm gonna upload another episode on the 25th of October, like I always do, so until then, goodbye!